Switched On on F104 and I'm joined by the founder of Orb Media, Kira Sheehan. Hello. Hi, Louise. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Last week we chatted about WorldCoin and there's an update on them this week. There is an update and I must give a disclaimer here that I am not categorically insane. What I'm about to tell you is actually factually true and did happen this week. Wow. Because I could barely believe it. So last week we spoke about this phenomenon called the world coin orb whereby people are scanning their irises so that their biometric data can be captured and put on the blockchain where it's computed into a selection of hashes and digits which is then transferred to their phone as a unique identity that proves that they are a person so the frankenstein part is the fact that the person who is building this technology is the same person who built ChatGPT, and WorldCoin is seen as the solution to the problem of AI and bots so that you can prove that you are a person because you've had your eyeball scanned and you have a proof of personhood identity. They were so far ahead of us, really, weren't they? It's mental. Mm. So with the proof of personhood identity comes this coin, a bit like Bitcoin, except at the moment its only value is $49. So Mm. it doesn't actually have a functional role in any kind of a network or framework right now. But we're told that will change. So this kind of all came out last in the well, about two weeks ago, and then it kind of gathered momentum and we spoke about it last week. Mm -hmm. Since we spoke about it, there has been mass adoption in Kenya. So the the orbs have been put in places like Berlin, Paris, um, London, Kenya, Singapore, places like that. Mm -hmm. But there's been murder in Kenya because people were queuing up for three days because they wanted to get the coin because it was worth $49 and they wanted the value of the coin. Three day queues and people were interviewed by the BBC and they were asked why they were there and they said that they were poor and they had no money and they were broke and they wanted the coin so they'd have the value of the coin or that they could sell the coin. The Kenyan government came out and said no we are killing this now and they banned it I think the next day because they said like people didn't understand they didn't understand the privacy rules they didn't understand the risk of data they didn't understand like what the value of what they were actually selling and they didn't trust WorldCoin either with the technology or with what they may do with the data in the future. Yeah, because it sounds like a bit However, of a scam. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, Coinbase reported that in China, where the app, the WorldCoin app is not downloadable, the government won't let you download it. In China, people were looking for WorldCoin coins and people's biometric ID data. And offers went up on the WeChat app for people who wanted to buy the fa- someone else's biometric data proof of personhood. And people in Kenya were trying to sell their proof of personhood. So instead of the, the, the unique proof of personhood code going to their phone, they were sending it on to the phone of the person who was giving them the money. That is so scary because they literally don't know who they're giving it to. No, they don't. Wow. So it's kind of gone down now, very dark roots really, hasn't it? But like, I just cannot believe that this is actually in real life and it's that I'm not watching it on Netflix. That if mm. this is unfolding literally before our eyes. So I couldn't find out how many transactions took place or what the value was. Um, and I was trying to cross-reference the the research, but it looks like it definitely happened. And since that, then 
the UK government, German government, French government have said they're having an investigation. Now, they haven't stopped the scanning yet in any of those countries like they did in Kenya. But they're 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 going to take a look at it and see how it pans out. Um, this, I think the fact that there's so much poverty in Kenya, yeah, um, and such a massive population of fifty three million people, had a lot to do with it. And I think these boys in Worldcoin are very clever. Very. You know, they, it kind of takes us back though to when that whole discussion around AI happened. Like we're kind of slow with these things. Like Kenya, were very quick. They very quickly stopped it. Whereas we're kind of going, well, sure, look. Let's just see what happens. You know, it's just like, can you afford to just sit around and wait to see what happens? Yes. Well, you would. You see, that's where I think we would, you would hope that the, you know, in countries that are more developed, that the education level would be there for people to make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. Whereas the feeling on this was that there were so many people who were not in that position in Kenya because the the, the economy is not as strong because it's uh, it wouldn't be in the same category as Europe mm-hmm. that they were being taken advantage of. Sounds like one big scam to me. But does it sound like that there's going to then be some safety rules put into it now? Like it's going to be looked at more closely, do you think? Well, I have very mixed feelings because Sam Altman, the guy that invented ChatGPT, and who created the problem is now selling the solution. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's a completely, it's a complete Frankenstein concoction. Yeah, it's starting like off on a bad run anyway. Yeah, and we like we know the problems that um, ChatGPT has taken. Like, this, I was reading a report yesterday from the Reuters Institute about the the bias for right and left wing um, text and conversation based on whether you go with the Google Bard or whether you go with the Microsoft model, and they actually have a really strong report about the research into the language, into the opinions and how they're translated back into the AI model. So like for me personally, I think ChatGPT, you know, has a lot to answer for. And the fact that this guy now wants your iris in order for you to protect yourself against the monster he created is just off the chart. (laughs) (laughs) That is insane. And no doubt we'll hear more about it next week. I'm sure you'll have a a further update on it for us. But to move on to something a little lighter, Elvis is... Coming virtually to us. Yeah. So there's a lovely um, metaverse launch taking place today. And I'm not usually a fan of hardcore metaverse like the Sandbox, but they are releasing 3,000 avatars that are all different Elvises. So they're kind of crafted by developers so that they have a particular Elvis look. They have a dance move. They have um, mm. an outfit. You know, they have a little, a little kind of movement noise that goes with them. So people can who are in the sandbox, if you're a player of the sandbox or if anyone wants to log on and see what it's all about, um, you can buy this and then you'll be part of the little Elvis community. So it kind of means and it's nice in the way that it brings a community of Elvis fans together. Mm-hmm. The demographic is interesting because, you know, many of the 500 million Elvis fans in the world. Wow. I well believe think, it. Though. I don't think <laughs> mm. I don't think they're all in the sandbox, which anecdotally has been struggling to get users in. Mm-hmm. It was reported in November that they only had like 700 users um, in one day, active users. Now, there are debatable categories for what is an active user, but the point being that if there isn't a big brand activation or event on in that gaming metaverse, people aren't in it. But the Elvis thing means that, okay, if they're after selling 3,000 avatars, that's 3,000 active users who are probably going to get together in a game or in a little space they've created for themselves. 
so that it will kind of generate like a kind of a grassroots kind of companionship kind of uh, situation, I think. Why do you think it's, nice. it's having such a low impact like that people aren't joining in on it? I think there's a couple of reasons. Um, one of them kind of being that there is, if there's an event on, say Paris Hilton has a DJ set, then there is quite a lot of, a lot of traction. But if you're just kind of going in there, if you can imagine walking into an empty shopping centre, you go into a shopping centre and the shops are open, but there's no one there. Mm-hmm. So there's no buzz about it. And then you walk up to someone and they kind of toddle beside and they type up text and you type up text, but it's no crack. Yeah. You want a bit so of fun and interaction. And, yeah. Yeah. So I think this is the kind of thing that will inject a lot of interaction. Now, the sandbox apparently is massive in Asia and in Korea. You know, there's huge traction there. The Gen Z are all over it mm-hmm. and the brands are all over it. So I suppose it's a global thing and there will always be naysayers who say, oh, there's no one in there. But, you know, uh, this is a nice way, I think, to to bring a little Elvis community together. I think it's cute. It the is cute. cute. And Elvis is not dark market, which is nice, too. <laughs> He's not well, trying not to scam anyone. Yeah. Graceland looking for your eyeballs. That will be an interesting yeah. one next. <laughs> but no doubt you'll be with us again next week. Kira Sheehan, founder of Orb Media. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Thanks, Louise.